Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. The Apostle Paul had a testimony, a testimony that spoke to two things. First, Paul's faithfulness. He received the faithfulness of God, and that faithfulness was displayed in his life through his behavior, through his words. And then the second thing that we can be assured of is that when we behave in faith, we are going to be rejected by this world. And Paul is going to teach us that this is something that is going to get worse. We've seen this in our previous study of this same chapter. It's going to get worse and not better in the last days. And therefore, perseverance, patience, being someone who's willing to suffer long, all of these are the characteristics of a true believer. And Paul wants young Timothy to know this truth and to apply it to his life that he too has a testimony, a God-pleasing testimony. And obviously, we are studying it tonight in order that we too can live in a manner that is pleasing to our Lord and Savior, that honors His name, and that demonstrates our covenantal relationship with Him. The fact that we are recipients of the Holy Spirit, and through Him, great things we can do. And what is that? To praise Him at all times. Our praise, our worship, our thanksgiving to God, all these things, they are not dependent upon our circumstances. In fact, victory is when, from a human standpoint, there is no reason to praise God, but we continue to praise God joyfully because we know these things that, that can be painful, that can hurt us both emotionally and physically, these things that we may be lacking in this world, we know all of that is temporary. All of that is going to come to an end. And therefore, we're going to emphasize what follows. And that is a kingdom experience. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to 2 Timothy and chapter 3. 2 Timothy and chapter 3. Now, remember, Paul said in this chapter that, that for sure, for surely, in the last days, perilous times will come. And therefore, he is continuing to instruct Timothy on what he needs to know and how he needs to behave. So let's pick up where we left off last week in verse 10, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. Now, he begins by, by praising Timothy because Timothy has done something wise, and that is, look at verse 10, but you... Now, this is in contrast to many other individuals. We'll see that next week. 
but but in contrast to those who cease in their faithfulness cease in their obedience timothy did not for it says here but you have followed closely my teaching or instruction or doctrine however you want to translate this word that has to do with the revelation that paul taught timothy and others concerning what he had received from messiah personally now we need to understand something and that is this when you receive the gospel you are going to have that experience confirmed to you what experience salvation you are going to have that confirmed within by the ministry of the holy spirit for example when you as a believer begin to do things that for many people they don't wait a second they just press on into unrighteousness but as a believer it's not easy for us we fall under conviction the spirit of god testifies this is not correct the spirit of god we might say emboldens our conscience in order that we can judge properly and realize this isn't the way of a disciple of a servant of god these things are forbidden now when we look at at judaism a fundamental course are those things that are forbidden and those things which are permissible permissible implies according to god's will that which is forbidden is against god's will and therefore when the spirit of god is in you you are going to want to be obedient to his will and you are going to have that assurance that you belong to him that's why a true believer will not just walk away from from their faith now we're going to see people in the last days especially when we get into chapter four of this of this second epistle to timothy we're going to see that there are those who because of the cares of this world because they did not understand the profession that they made they're going to turn away but not a real disciple not someone who received the faith the faith of of god believing in him according to the truth so look again at verse 10 he says but you have followed closely my instruction and then we have a series of other things that he has followed from paul paul saying timothy you followed my instruction my my behavior my conduct the purpose the faith being patient loving and endurance now all these things and i want to read them again he says you have followed closely he says my instruction conduct purpose faith patience love and endurance now all of those things and make a list of them all these things are necessary in order to walk in a pleasing manner we need to be individuals that follow closely the doctrine biblical doctrine now paul says my doctrine my instruction because he received it he knew 
he was just not speaking as a mere man but as we're going to see later on he was speaking by means of the spirit inspiration so all of these things look again he says you followed my instruction also conduct now these two things go together it's when you embrace the proper doctrine it's going to impact it's going to impact your behavior when you are behaving properly god is going to give you insight to his purpose and therefore you will understand his purpose you will respond to it and that demonstrates what he says next faith and when you have faith you are going to be willing to wait because you realize something there's no other options now think of it this way if you need to get to a place and there's only one bus to take you're going to wait for that bus why there's no other options there's nothing you can do this is your only option and when you understand biblical faith you are going to wait on god his provision because you realize if god's not in this if he's not part of it then it's not going to end well it's not going to be his will so he's part of his will then he goes on and says not only being patient but but loving and enduring or persevering look now to verse 11. now when you demonstrate these things and all of these things and i think everyone would agree these are fine things we need proper doctrine we need to be individuals that that have patience individuals that behave take that doctrine and implement it into our life so we have godly behavior that we demonstrate love and faith and perseverance all of those things are good proper but what do they produce in our life well paul wants timothy to know this is what you can expect when you demonstrate these things and all of these are right proper we ought to he says you know what else you're going to experience he goes on look at verse 11 persecutions sufferings and he says the many that happened to me in antioch in iconium and lystra and he says however we know that that many he says you know the many persecutions that i have borne that he had to endure and then look at the end of this and from all now that's emphatic and from all the lord me he delivered now i want to take this slowly for a moment because when we look at this we find that god is faithful he is trustworthy it is wise to make yourself dependent upon him because he says and from all all of these the lord me and notice the lord now it doesn't say and we're going to see that other times in this section it'll just say messiah Yeshua. it will refer to god the father but here it is referring to messiah by the term lord why is that 
we receive the benefits of faith in Yeshua when our life manifests that we acknowledge him not just as our teacher not just as our savior but as lord lord that gives a context to this passage and what is that a context of submissiveness and this is one of the things that that paul is teaching timothy that you're going to suffer you are going to be persecuted you are going to be placed in these uncomfortable situations but realize as you demonstrate your faith showing that yeshua is the lord of your life that you are his servant you can expect that from all of these things the opposition of the enemy you can expect that the lord that that he will deliver you as he did paul paul says the lord me he has delivered verse 12 and all now this just an have to do with just Paul, that Paul's unusual, Paul's some exception to the rule. Look, if you would, again to, to verse, verse 12. He says, but also all the ones desiring. Now, we have to make this personal. Ask yourself a question. Does this verse, verse 12, really speak to me in the sense that I'm part of that verse where it says, but, but all who are desiring, are you desiring what this verse speaks to? Where it says, all those who are desiring to live, how? Godly. To live in a, in a pious way. Now, pious, we hear that. And many times that has a negative connotation. A holier than thou. But it ought not. What this word does is speak to, and that's why many times it's translated godliness. But it speaks of the character of God being manifested, manifested in every aspect of one's life, not just infrequently, not just on one day of the week, not just if you're in this certain group of people, but always. So look again, it says, but also all the ones desiring to live godly, godly lives. How do you do that? In Messiah. Now, notice, earlier on it says, the Lord. But here, we're talking about in Messiah Yeshua. Now, why that term, in Messiah Yeshua? Well, as I've said several times, when, when this word, in Messiah, in Yeshua, when it appears, it is speaking to being in a new covenant relationship with God through Messiah Yeshua, this new covenant. And that new covenant, it's a covenant of forgiveness. It's a covenant of change. It's a covenant of promise. It's a covenant where God writes his laws, his commandments upon our hearts so that we think according to righteousness. So look again, verse 12. But, all, all, but also all the ones desiring to live godly in messiah yeshua what will happen to them notice that important word all no exceptions to this all those who are desiring to live in a godly way what can they expect to be persecuted they will 
and especially one of the ways that we know that we are approaching the last days is that there is greater evidence throughout the world of persecution now this persecution can come through a variety of ways for example there are places where if you speak against for example a a manner of life that god calls an abomination i'm speaking about homosexuality if if you speak against this there are places that will will take down your your teaching will not let you be on their network they will in a way soft but nevertheless a form of censorship and persecution now this is happening more and more in different places there's also people who say i'm a follower of yeshua in many countries this will get you put in jail where you will be be tortured to some degree and thirdly you may simply be put to death because of your faith and this type of persecution it is going to increase where we're not going to need the scripture to tell us we're going to be living it because if we desire to live godly we all of us this is what this scripture is saying all will be persecuted now look at verse 13 but evil men now what's evil well this word evil is usually related to a sexual immorality not always but frequently and we see again that that things are changing in that area of society won't go into it more than that but we see that there is a growing immorality when it comes to to sexuality that's being embraced supported and encouraged in in most societies so we read in verse 13 but in contrast to to people of faith living godly being persecuted what do we expect we should expect that evil men and notice this next word imposters now this word actually has a variety of different translations definitions given to it it can be speaking about one who does sorcery now i don't believe in sorcery it's all fake it's of the occult when people practice that it's an invitation for demonic influence didn't say i didn't believe in in the supernatural power of evil certainly the enemy say he's got power demons have power but when we see just this here it's speaking about those who are frauds they they profess to have some type of power this same word can be used for a court jester and basically this is what it's speaking about it's speaking about those who will do about anything for a financial response meaning they are a court jester they are a clown they are a magician they are a sorcerer they speak of the occult they talk about themselves as some spiritual guru whatever it takes but one thing they all have in common they are imposters what they're doing is for one sake and that's for money they're not sincere about anything other than they want that payment so it says here 
Look again at our text, verse 13. But evil men and imposters, they are going to proceed. Now, this is this same word, which means, and I gave this example a few weeks ago, of someone taking like a machete, and they're going through a jungle, and they're cutting their way in order that they can continue on to go forth. So it says these individuals, and there's a degree of tenacity in this world, word. They are committed. Unfortunately, many times, non-believers and those who belong to the enemy, those who are under demonic influence, they sometimes are more committed to, to evil than we are to the will of God. And that's shameful. But what the scripture tells us, and this once again, it, it goes against this false theology that that we are going to to make the world a better place that things are going to get better as the end times increase we don't see that in the scripture this dominion theology is of the enemy so read it it says evil men and imposters they are going to proceed they're going to continue to go forth unto notice what it says the worse now some will say they will get worse and worse there's only one time the word worse but what it says is this things are not going to get better things are going to get worse and they are going to get absolutely the worse that's what's happening that's what we see taking place and it's amazing to me how quickly things are are going dark going towards evil how things are changing in a rapid way and we of faith we need to have discernment of of these things why they're happening and what they are in indication of move on to the second part of verse 13 these individuals these evil ones and imposters they are going to go forth unto the the very worst and they are going to deceive, and they are going to be deceived. Verse 14. Now, that's the reality of what we should expect. When the scripture says, frequently, Messiah said, in regard to the last days, he says, watch out, take heed, be aware. Why? This is what he's telling us that we need to be looking for. Because these are signs of the time. In the midst of that, what should we be doing? Well, look at now verse 14. He says again, but, but you remain. Now, this is the, the Greek word neno, which means to remain in John's gospel. Oftentimes, it's translated abide. And it's a word of continuing. It is not changing course. It's not allowing these things to, to influence you, to change you. So he says, but you, in contrast to these, these evil ones, these imposters, he says, but you remain in the things that, that you were taught and what you have, have trusted. Now, it's in here, when we look at this word, we see it having to do with, with things that were entrusted to, to Timothy. And these same things, we're studying them now. What Paul wrote, this is a wonderful thing. Paul has, has been dead 
for, for over 1,900 years. But he is still having an effect on me and you and all believers because he was submissive to the will of God. And God still using his writings to make a great impact upon individuals. So he tells Timothy, but you remain in what you were taught and what you you trusted in, knowing, now notice this, knowing from whom you, you were taught. Who taught you these things? Now here again, Paul's not operating out of pride. He is simply operating out of a confidence and assurance that what he is sharing does not originate with himself. Paul's not saying, I am so wise, I'm so smart, I'm the one that figured these things out, and I'm the one who's teaching them. Paul would never agree with that. What is he saying? He's assured that he's received these things from God, that they're truth from heaven, and therefore he's, he's admonishing Timothy that you remain committed to these things. Verse 15. Now, how can we summarize or generalize what, what Paul was, was teaching? Well, look at the next verse. Verse 15. And that from childhood. So he says, Timothy, from, from your very childhood, the sacred writings you know. Now, I think it's so important and hear this carefully. It is so important. And we're going to see in the next two verses that there's an emphasis upon Scripture, the Word of God. And if your life is not based upon the Word of God, please understand this in love. You are behaving very foolishly. If you make decisions based upon how it seems to you apart from God's revelation, based upon your logic, your intelligence, or on the counsel of others that are coming from a secular standpoint, you are making foolish decisions. Simply stated, a disciple is someone who is learning. Learning what? Well, look again at verse 15. He says, and from childhood, what are we supposed to be learning? The sacred writings you know. The things that are able you to make wise for salvation. Now, I remember I was speaking at a location, and this was in not Israel, and it wasn't in America. It was another country in Asia. And I remember getting a question about this verse. It was a very legitimate, good question. He says, now, Timothy is saved yes he is saved he is being used by god he is a faithful disciple paul recognizes that he says i don't understand something he says i see that the scriptures are foundational for truth for understanding god's plan and purposes this gentleman said i get this but he says i don't understand why he says that they're able to make you wise he says i get that but for salvation he says he's already been saved he's speaking personally to timothy isn't this in his past the question 
is this. Why use the term salvation if someone's already been saved? How is the scripture going to make you wise for salvation if you've already been saved? And here's what we need to know. This word salvation. See, many times people only identify, understand it, speak of in terms of having your sins forgiven and having assurance that you will be in the kingdom of God being justified paul's not using this term salvation in this way paul's using salvation as a a synonym for victory what he's saying is this of course timothy has been saved years previously but paul's telling him that that the sacred scriptures they are the things that teach and are able to make one wise he's speaking to timothy you wise but the same is true for you and me to make you wise for victory meaning this salvation is a very very significant term that has it's multifaceted there's different applications here he's saying that you can live a victorious life he's not just speaking about being saved now, the scriptures are foundational in teaching us the gospel and how to be saved, but, but so much more. So he says, the sacred writings, you know, the things that are able to make you wise for salvation through, and here it is, through faith in Messiah Yeshua. Now, make you wise for victory, but the foundation of everything. This is what he's saying at the end of verse 15. The foundation of everything is Messiah Yeshua. If you are not standing upon His truth, if you're not being led by His Spirit, if you are not doing His will, if your life is not hidden in Him, then you are heading for failure. See, this use of the term salvation is the opposite of this concept of a failure. He's speaking about living a victorious life in the midst of a persecution tribulation all types of the attacks of the enemy look now to verse 16 now for many and i would certainly agree with them this verse second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 is is probably the best known and the most significant verse in in this epistle one of the most significant verses in all the bible let's just translate it and then we'll make a few statements concerning it verse 16 he says here all scripture and then he has a word god breathed that's literally what it is the term if you look at it verse 16 it is the word theo which represents theos god and the word penustos, which is breathed. It's the same word from spirit because the spirit, a wind, when God speak, we see that, that that spirit moves. So all scripture is what? God breathed. Meaning this. We can think of it in another terms. In fact, some Bibles translated this way, and I'm not at all disputing the the, the conclusion, but it literally is God breathed which means it's inspired by God. So all scripture 
is inspired by God. Now, I heard someone recently, someone sent me a video of an individual teaching about the birth of Messiah, the year and the date. And basically, this is what he says. You know, it's all, the Bible speaks in big picture things. The Bible doesn't get bogged down in details. My, is that false. Details are so significant. You're not bogged down. This is where the meat is. That's why we need to have the utmost respect and not to treat the Word of God casually because all Scripture is God-breathed. And notice what else he says. He says, also it is worthy for instruction. This is the same concept of doctrine, meaning the truth that you base your life upon. Base your life upon the truth of Scripture. Once more, all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable for doctrine, for, and I would underline this next one, for reproof. Now, we could think of that as, as conviction. One of the things that's so good to do is to read this word, especially Psalms and Proverbs. Read them. Why? Because you're going to be an individual that is confronted with the will of God and you are going to fall under conviction. That's a good thing because that gives you the, the mindset and the truth we need to repent at times. We need to confess that sin. We need to seek forgiveness. People say, well, I'm already forgiven. But confession is always appropriate. Confession is, is a, a very significant act, and it can have a significant benefit spiritually in your life. So the scripture, it's all given by inspiration. It is worthy for doctrine, for reproof and notice this next correction so these things go together i need to first of all fall under conviction to see things need to be straightened out corrected in my life so first the conviction comes and unfortunately today we see that many people don't want to hear messages and teachings that 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 cause people to fall under conviction this is a great air. We need to hear that. So all scripture is, is God-breathed, profitable, worthy, beneficial for doctrine, correction, or excuse me, reproof, correction, for training, and notice this, training in the righteousness. Now, it literally says the righteousness because it's making this emphatic teaching us this is the objective scripture when we apply it to our life yes we find the gospel yes we find salvation in the fullest sense of that but realize that scripture it's profitable for many things but look at what it says here end of, of verse 16 it is for the purpose of righteousness this is the evidence of one's faith that not just that they are declared righteous by faith. That's a wonderful thing. It's true. We are declared righteous by God because of faith in Messiah. We receive his word. 
Now that's a declarative righteousness that the theologians speak of and the scripture also agrees with. But there's also a performance righteousness which is very important to God. Now, some people say, oh, there you go. That's legalism. It's not legalism. It is the foundation of, of our faith. And that's this. We are saved by grace. We, we are justified by faith, not works of the law. So God begins through faith and his grace. He begins to regenerate me, meaning he begins that change in my life. And the evidence of that change is righteousness, righteous deeds. Now, why do I, I want to emphasize that? Because one, the scripture does, but look at something else. It says, for training in the righteousness, meaning God's definition of righteousness. Now let's look at our last verse, verse 17. In order that the man of God, now here again, man, it means human being. In no way does this exclude females, women, from, from the truth of this. This scripture is applied equally to all individuals, male and female, Jew and Gentile, makes no difference. Truth is for humanity. So he says, in order that the man of God shall be, will be, if you apply the word of God, it is going to be a reality. Shall be, and notice what he says, complete. Now, this is a word, if you do a good study of it, complete, it means to be brought into the fullness of the objective. I want to say it again. It means to someone has a goal, a purpose, a plan. And when that plan comes to fruition, it's fulfilled, fulfilled perfectly. This is what it's saying here. So that the man of God, how? Through the word of God. There's a power in the word of God to change us. How? Look at this last verse. In order that the man of God should be, should be complete. For what purpose? Notice what it says. For every good work. For every good work. This is what we're called to do. Good deeds. Are we saved by good deeds? No, we are not. But we're called to do good deeds. And not only look at the whole scripture, verse 17, that the man of God, and literally it says, in order that the man of God should be complete, could translate that perfect, that we reach God's objective for life, that we are equipped for every good work, and then I mentioned being equipped, being thoroughly equipped. And notice something here. When you look at this word, being, having been equipped is better for, for how it should be translated. So that every man of God is, is complete, for every good work, having been equipped. So I am, as a child of God, by faith in Messiah Yeshua, I have been equipped for good works. Now, I want to close with, with just talking about this word a little bit more, this word for being equipped. It's in the perfect, which means that began in the past. It's continued today, and God's not going to change that. 
it's going to continue into the future and in this case until we are are perfected and receive those new bodies those kingdom bodies this is relevant and true so we are we have been equipped thoroughly for good works now notice having been that been refers to the the passive that it's not something that that we do ourselves let me go out and work well hard let me go out and purchase the things that i'm thoroughly equipped for for this good these good works no it is that we have been meaning god does it to us we become the recipients of that and as i said earlier the foundation of all of this is the word of god which brings us into intimacy with our savior only through the word can you be saved and enter into that covenant being in a covenant with messiah and that covenant is sealed by the giving of his holy spirit this is the process and if you have not began that process by saying to to our heavenly father god i'm a sinner i have failed you i have not perfectly done your will and i'm in need of your mercy your grace your forgiveness and i trust that it's only by what messiah did upon that cross when he laid down his life he shed his blood that my sins can be paid for paid for and redeemed eternally i accept that work and i believe not only did he die but also he rose from the dead testifying to this victory this salvation this newness of life that that i have through faith in him now when you say those things you can be assured that God is going to go to work in you. He is going to edify you. He's going to change you. And he is going to equip you for every good work. Well, I'll close with that until next week. And we enter into that last chapter of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Until then, may God bless you. And shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.